Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you have listened to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. Be on the lookout as well for my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, which is being published in September 2020. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you're looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them at www.cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. Tara Ryan is a sales leader at HubSpot, which is a software company based in Boston that helps other companies with their marketing, sales, and services. Hello, Tara. Hi, Ed. Thanks for having me today. Fantastic that you can be here. How are you? I am doing well. It's a a bright, sunny Friday morning, so can't complain. We love sunny days, so yes. we'll take them. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Tara, your career and uh, what you do at HubSpot. Yeah, sure. So as you mentioned, I am a sales leader um, at HubSpot. They are a Boston-based software company, but have a global presence. Um, and I lead eight incredible sales reps. Um, they are you know, just so hardworking and fabulous. Talk about, I know we're going to be talking about Brave, but you know, they exhibit bravery um, daily. And then on top of that, I'm also extremely active in, um, HubSpot has a number of employee resource groups, but I'm very active in our women at HubSpot um, employee resource group. I'm actually on their leadership council, which really lends itself well to one of my deep passions that I'll be talking about, you know, more deeply as we we continue this conversation around just developing young talent. So that's, you know, really what I spend most of my days doing. Fantastic. You know, I'm sure it will come up naturally in our conversation, but certainly women's leadership, uh, you know, youth in the workplace, et cetera, are all filled with examples, I think, of bravery and people doing things that need to be done or saying things that need to be said that wouldn't get done unless organizations had programs and structures and opportunities for people to do them. It's so true, Ed, you know, and I feel so fortunate to work for a company that actually prioritizes um, those sorts of employee resource groups. So feel very, very lucky there. Great, great. So when you think about bravery in the workplace, uh, Tara, and you know, as I've done these podcasts, I've learned that different people have different words or thoughts that come to mind when they think about bravery. How about you? What words or thoughts come to mind when you think about bravery in the workplace? So a couple of words come to mind and they're related, I think. I think core beliefs 
and core values really come to mind when I think of bravery. Because if you don't have a good grasp on what your core values and core beliefs are, it makes it very hard for you to be brave. Um, You know, I think it's easier when you have a good grasp on, you know, I feel so strongly about X, Y, and Z. And because of that, I'm going to take action or not take action um, in a certain direction. So I really think that defining um, your core beliefs and your core values is the first step um, to to being brave and to taking those, those brave actions that you might want to. So if you can, it would be great to help our listeners know, you know, what are what are the differences between or how do you define the differences between a core belief and a core value? So I think that they they can tend to go hand in hand, but it's actually funny. I'll, I'll dive into this a bit deeper in the story, but this whole concept of having your core values um, was something that one of my my mentors that I'll, I'll talk about later challenged me with when I first was going to move into a leadership position. He said, you know, in order to really be able to move your team in the right direction that you believe in, you need to create kind of like a mission statement for yourself. Um, And in that mission statement, you should highlight the beliefs and values that are strong, are held strong to you so that you can each and every week determine if you are moving in the direction that you need to be. And so I think the the values are really like, why and how do you live your life every single day? Like, what is important to you? Some things that come to mind for me, actually, my husband and I have mapped out our family values, you know, actually recently. Um, and we, you know, trust is a huge one. Collaboration is a huge one you know, adventure is huge. It's really what do you find so important um, to your to yourself? And then the beliefs are, you know, it really can be if you are a spiritual person, you can drill into your spirituality, or just kind of that inner feeling that you have in yourself that inspires you. I think that's really kind of like the, the belief part. Does that make sense? It does. You know, a lot of uh, observations I've had of the people I've talked to over the last few months relate to the need for presence as it relates to bravery, that you need to be very present with who you are and what you believe in order to say what needs to be said or do what needs to be done. And it sounds that's a little bit about what you're talking about. It is. And, you know, um, it's funny. I, I, didn't always put such a focus on presence. It wasn't actually until about two years ago that I stumbled across a, a podcast, actually. Um, I don't know if any of the, the listeners have tuned into Oprah's Super Soul Conversations, but they're fabulous. Um, and she had a 10-part series with Eckhart Tolle. Um, and his whole belief system is around like just being fully present. And it wasn't until I actually listened to that 10-part series Um, and then dove into his book, A New Earth, that I really, really put a huge focus on on just presence and whatever I'm doing, trying to be fully present in that. So yeah, it was a huge learning lesson for me and something that I've taken along with me every single day since then. And so for folks who are listening, who are interested in core values and core beliefs, you know, where did you get inspired to think about these and create these for yourself? This is not something that 
many people do you know, yeah. in their life to sit down and say, you know, what do I value? And whether it's with a friend or a spouse, uh, you know, what do I believe? You know, where do you think it started for you? I think honestly, it was with my first mentor, because when you're a leader, it's so easy to get, especially early on in your career, you know, you, it's so hard for you to figure out if you're making an impact or not, right? Like there's so many things that are coming at you. You have so many tasks um, that are being thrown at you. Your team needs you. And if you don't have those core values that you, that are grounding you, it's easy to, I think, get distracted or get out of control. And so he told me to like, you know, really think about what my core values were for my team and building my team and having those each week, I would go back and look at the activities that I, you know, participated with, with my team. And if they didn't map to those core values, then I knew that next week I needed to, to change um, my strategy. And from the core values came like little bite-sized goals that we were working towards to get better and stronger as a team. So they're just kind of like the, I don't know, I guess the guiding star for how I want to to move my life forward. It's been extremely helpful and actually something that I, I have coached my team on creating too. So yeah, I think my, my mentor, my first mentor really was the one that told me about his experience with doing this exercise and how it has helped him grow. Well, and I love the ripple down effect you're describing, because oftentimes when we do something that's terrific, we help others do it, right? So we work with colleagues and uh, subordinates or people that report to us to help them do it. And, you know, we hope they then go to others and do it right and kind of pay that forward. Exactly. So most of our guests, uh, Tara, have come onto the podcast with a story that they've experienced where, you know, one of the behaviors or feelings that they needed was bravery. And we're wondering if you have a story you'd like to share with us. Yeah, sure. I do. Um, it's actually a two part story. Um, and I've alluded to a, a little bit of it already, which is kind of, it's, it's funny how, how impactful it has been. It just like is part of everything, I think. But it starts about four years ago when I was at a crossroad in my career. I had been a sales individual contributor for quite some time, rather successful. Um, and I had transitioned into a team lead role. And I really liked the challenge of helping others. But I wasn't sure that I was ready for like a management or a leadership position. And so I knew that I needed to talk to someone that could give me some advice, but I didn't know who. Um, so I challenged myself. I was like, all right, you know, think about the leader that you most highly respect. Like, who is that? And at the time, um, the company that I worked for before HubSpot, the um, senior vice president of sales came to mind. But the problem was I didn't have a, a close relationship with him at all. We had had a couple of conversations about deals um, that I was working, but no real, you know, informal conversations. But I knew that he was the one that I wanted to get the advice from and to talk to. And so I drafted an email and I, you know, created a calendar invite for the two of us to meet and kind of explained what I wanted to get out of that meeting. And I kid you not, I went to send it probably three or four times and was just <laughs> so nervous to reach out to him because he was the SVP of sales, you know, like, 
he didn't have time for me. You know, what was he going to get out of the meeting? And then finally, it got to a point where I was like, you know what, Tara, like, if you don't do this, um, you're not going to get to the point where you want to be. And so I finally sent the email, sent the calendar invite, and within 15 minutes, received a response from him that was like, I am so honored and thrilled to help you with this. Um, Let's actually take the meeting off site and go to Starbucks so we can have a more open conversation. And that just sparked a a relationship that has lasted, you know, we still meet, we don't work together directly anymore, but we still meet, you know, at least once a quarter. Um, And I would say he was my first real mentor, and really helped me in so many different ways and actually helped me that moment of bravery and and the the meeting that we had sparked just a, a passion for mentorship. And I have several other mentors that I lean on since then. Um, and then I guess the second part of the story, I'll pause. Do you have any questions before I, I go into the second part? Well, first of all, I wanted to say, wow, right? what, a, <laughs> what a great effort on your part. And we have heard from a number of people who, you know, tell stories about how reaching out to a, a more senior leader, either to provide them feedback or to do like you were doing to ask for help or observation in itself required a huge amount of bravery. And in reflection, I assume you look back and say, you know, it was one of the best things I ever did. But at the moment, it was something you had to think about two, three, four times before you actually did it. So the difference of experience between the moment you needed to do it, which was filled with a need to show bravery, and then today looking back is different. Oh, a hundred percent, you know, and, and I tell this story to, to anyone that I can talk to that is in a similar situation, like they want to find a mentor, but they just don't know how. And I guess my advice would be ask, because the worst thing that can happen is that they say, no, they're not, they're not in a position to help you at that point. And even that is not a bad response, you know, um, because now is just not the right time for them. And there's always someone else that you can reach out to. So yeah, I think, but it's scary. It's really scary to reach out to someone that is in a, in a more senior position, especially if you don't really have a relationship with them. But looking back, it was the best, one of the best decisions I ever made. Yeah. And, you know, it's been my experience in my career that, you know, most people like the idea of helping others and they like the idea of taking their experiences and their insights and knowledge and observations and sharing it with others. So I think that's why that SVP responded so positively, because it provided him or her the opportunity to uh, share with you their experiences and help you. Right. And Exactly. I think most people want to, you know, generally speaking, want to help others. And I would encourage all of our listeners, if they want to reach out to somebody who's more senior or, you know, uh, harder to get to or has a reputation for not being somebody who's welcome to mm-hmm. interruption, to just do it. And yeah. to, your, to your point, the worst thing that could happen is either they don't get back to you or they say, I can't. Right. Exactly. And then you move on, you know, you find somebody else. (laughs) Great, great. So you said you had a two part story. What? uh, How about your second part? Yeah, the second part is once I, um, 
I got to HubSpot, I realized that it was just, you know, such an incredible company to be working for and that there was opportunity to uh, really dive into your passions there. They, they really promote that. And so I thought, you know, because I'm so passionate about mentorship, um, wouldn't it be incredible if we had a formal program for our sales team? And I, I realized that there was kind of a void there and that mentorship um, can benefit companies in so many ways just by making employees more engaged, retaining employees. And so I did a ton of research before I actually brought the idea to um, my my manager at the time. And, and so I put a lot of work in there, built like a business case, and then said, hey, what do you think about us trying this out? You know, do you think that HubSpot would be on board with this? And he was like just so excited about the idea and said, all right, you know, I'm on board. Uh, Let's start small, but let's present this to HR and some other leaders and see what they think. And so we went through a series of presentations and we now, I'm I'm happy to say that we have a pilot program going for mentorship within the sales organization. And we have four, um, talk about people wanting to get involved and wanting to help um, the the response from managers to get involved as like the mentors was so overwhelming. Um, we actually had to turn people away for the pilot because we had so many applicants that were interested. So we're starting with four manager mentors, and then each of the um, mentors have two mentees that have been selected. And again, you know, when we open it up to the sales reps, the response was overwhelming, and we had to turn people away for the pilot. So I think it just shows that um, when you have an idea, idea when you're passionate about something, again, like kind of going back to those core values and those core beliefs, don't be afraid to present that idea to others. Um, because if you're, you really are passionate, your passion will, will shine through and it will propel you and motivate you to build whatever it is that you are, are passionate about until people say yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, a big wow for having the bravery to put forth that idea and I love the the uh, concept that you're using it as a pilot, yep. because as a pilot, you now have the ability to massage it, so to speak, in ways to ensure that it really meets the needs of the organization as well as the participants. Exactly. And how long is the pilot for? Six months. Um, we figured that in order to really get a... Um, build trust and have that solid relationship with your between the mentor and the mentee, we would need a six-month period of time to measure it. Great. And how are you going to measure it? Yeah, sure. So we are going to measure it in a couple of different ways. First, we have like NPS surveys that we're sending out to the mentees um, every two months to get their feedback. And then overall engagement. So are they uh, showing up to meetings? Are they coming prepared? You know, if there was something that they were supposed to be working on, are they actively sharing? We have a group mentor Slack channel. Are people active in that? Um, And then we also did look at where they all stand, the mentees that were selected amongst their peers. And we'll see, you know, in in terms of performance, and we'll see if there's any impact um, or change in their performance after going through the mentor program. So a number of ways that that we're measuring, um, because it can be challenging, you know, to measure the impact of of having a mentor. So we're hopeful um, that there will be positive results across the board. 
Yeah, I think that's a huge byproduct of the activity. Oftentimes, we're so caught up in kicking it off, we don't think enough about the impact and measuring it. Yep. So it sounds like you've got some great ideas and tools in place to ensure that people can get a good uh, view of what you're doing so that it can convert from a pilot to a program. Exactly. That's the hope. (laughs) That's the hope. Well, Tara, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing multiple examples of reaching out to a senior leader, which takes bravery, starting a new program at your organization, which takes bravery, uh, you know, being a part of the Women's Leadership Program at HubSpot, which I'm sure if we had more time, we could talk about that and the activities around bravery there. If folks are interested in getting in touch with you, what are some ways they can do that? Yeah, so definitely LinkedIn. I'm pretty active there. And then I do also have a little side project. Um, I have an Instagram channel and I'm actually building a website that supports it. It's She Commutes Out Loud. Um, And just a quick little story about the the background there. Um, When my husband and I were coming back from our honeymoon a couple of years ago, I I had never felt like more relaxed. Um, And I realized, you know, the reason for that was because I was completely unplugged and was the only content that I was consuming was really like educational, inspirational or action provoking content. And I decided that during my commute, um, I was going to continue with that and really only consume things that were going to make me think. And in doing that, I realized, oh my gosh, I'm consuming so much great content. I have to share it with the world. And so every Monday through Friday, I post either an article or a podcast or a video to um, to share with, with my viewers. So she commutes out loud. I would love you all to, to join me along in the journey there. Great. And when we post your uh, this conversation on the bebraveatwork.com a podcast site. We'll put a link to uh, that Instagram so people can access it through that way as well. Great. Well, thank you so much, Ed. This was fabulous. Well, thanks again, Tara. It was really great speaking with you. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. And we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also welcome you to subscribe to our podcast at bebraveatwork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Overcast, Apple, Stitcher, we are everywhere. Be on the lookout as well for my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, which is being published in September of 2020. Do you have something to say, yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do, yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.